Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we celebrate the triumphs of people who have overcome their own life's challenges and made our world better. People who have taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host. Thank you for joining me. Um, I am Heidi and I am the host of the Lemonade Stand. I started 20 years ago as a radio talk show host and I interviewed a couple of guys from Bikers Against Child Abuse in uh, 2000. The, oh, there you are in the year 2000. <laughs> so a couple of guys came on my radio show and they told me all about Bikers Against Child Abuse. And because I like to tell stories about taking life's lemons and making lemonade about something that's bad or hard or a challenge and making it better. And so it was a great interview. I guess you listened to it, right? My it people. was really good. Okay. Um, that's about the time I got started was okay. uh, the month. Be- well, I, I started writing with Bach. I'm, I, only, I haven't been a member for that long, okay. but yeah, it was, uh, that was a really good interview. Oh, good. I'm glad a you lot were- of really good. It sounded like Dave did most of the talking. Yes. Yes, he did. Yep. And I enjoyed the interview. I learned a lot. And so I have now started doing that radio show as a podcast. And so I reached out to you or to somebody (laughs) and luckily I got you. That was awesome. Just to see if I could get like an update, see what's happened over the last 20 years with bikers against child abuse, see what's changed, see what's better stuff like that. So that's what I wanted to just get a quick update from you guys today to kind of find out what's been happening over 20 years. Yeah. So it was passed on to me because I'm the state public relations officer. Okay. And because of where you are, that's why I invited the guy because he's the, the central chapter president. Okay. So I wanted to include him in, you know, because it, it's his area. Nothing to be afraid he's of. Like, well, do as long here. as you do all the talking. Right. <laughs> Sounds good. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. I just want to hear why you two now, I mean, you can introduce yourselves or whatever you want to do like that, but I want to know why both of you are involved against bikers against child abuse. What's your story? Well, I'll let you start the guy. <laughs> well, so I, I joined Baca back in 2015 and I actually joined because of a neighbor that his children were Baca kids. I've known about Baca for years, but never had the the time that I could dedicate until then. I've I've I love our mission. I love what we do. There there's nothing more fulfilling in life than than seeing the smile on these kids' faces when we come riding up, and the the empowerment that it has. And they, you can see that the fear just goes away, and they can actually be a kid, and they're running around and playing. And you see a bunch of big ugly bikers that that look like kids and they're kicking a soccer ball or playing tag or uh there's multiple that have been stuck into play sets that we've had to pull out that that for me is a passion that that's my joy in life is seeing just seeing kids being kids and being able to be raw and real and not having to to deal with all the other garbage that that goes along with the reasons that we're there. Right. Right. And when you say those kids were Baca kids, what does that mean? So we have certain requirements for, for a family to be a part of Baca that we bring them in as Baca kids and his children had been invited in. They've, they've been with Baca. And once you're a Baca child, you're, you're always a Baca child. Um, They were there to support. Well, until you turn 18. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Then you can be a Baca, right? Yeah, then you're just part of Baca. <laughs> right. So 
his his kids had been part of Baca. They've they've had their their support and everything for for all the stuff that they've dealt with. Okay. And that's how I got the contact to be able to join Baca was was through them. That's awesome. That's great that you can see that and see your neighbor and see the good that Baca has done for them and decide that you want to be a part of that as well. I love that. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Of course. All right, Uncle Mikey, that leaves you. Well, mine, it was, you know, like I said, it was the very beginnings of Baca. When I started, there was the central chapter where it started. And then there was a lot of interest growing in the Salt Lake area because they'd heard what was going on and people were traveling down there to attend and, and you know, started organizing so we could have a chapter here. Shortly, you know, a couple years after that, when I heard about it, I went to a Autorama and Baca had a booth there. And I ended up talking to one of their members for about a half hour about it because it, it just sounded really intriguing to me. You know, these bikers are out helping kids. And I thought that was pretty cool. So he says, as a matter of fact, we have a meeting tomorrow if you and your wife want to want to show up. Well, nowadays you can't just show up. You it's it's a little different now, and we'll get into that a little bit. But so we show up to the meeting, and we were basically meeting in a parking lot. Um, we didn't really have anywhere organized to go to, so we met in a parking lot, went over a few things, and actually went and visited a child that day. It was a little boy. And so they asked me, you know, because you're new, will you guys kind of just hang back and just see what it is we do? So, and it was a pretty good sized group. When we pull up to this kid's house, it's a little boy, probably about four. And we watched everybody go up and, it, it, you know, take their glasses off and they introduce themselves. And the little boy's just got his arms wrapped around dad's leg. He's just terrified. And we slowly watched this little boy transform into being a scared little boy, realizing while they, why they were there, they were there for him. And once he realized that, he completely changed his whole demeanor. I mean, he was out kicking a ball around and playing tag and just having a blast. And we watched this transformation right before our eyes. And it was pretty powerful. And that's when we do this, this is something we have to do. That's yeah. The rest is history for me. <laughs> 21 years later. You're still doing it. Yeah. I just, I, and I can't ever imagine not being part of this organization. It's just, it is, it has brought me a lot of joy. I mean, there's a lot of heartache that goes with it as well. Right. You know, um, part of what we do is go to court with these kids and Listening to their testimonies is, boy, as a grown man, sometimes it's all you can do to to not just break down right there in the courtroom. So those are the tough times, but we have to just remind ourselves why we're there. We're there for their support. And it it enables them to, you know, become powerful there, you know, so they can speak up and and testify against who, who harmed them. Yeah, you're their tough guy in their corner, right? You're supposed exactly. to be the person there, they can look to. Admit, there's been a couple of times I've had to walk out in the hall and, and do one of these and wipe you know, catch my breath and yeah. go back in. And, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hard to listen and see of it. But that's amazing that you give them that strength and that power when you're in the room with them. And what a gift that you can give to them. That's incredible. Yeah. So, and we always say, you know, we're, we're all volunteers. This is all out of our own time. And so we tell people we don't get paid but we definitely get rewarded oh. and it's time and time again. Yeah. 
you know, sure. when you can see these these kids transform, like I, I mentioned with that little boy, you know, and see it over and over and over. I mean, we get testimony from parents saying how, you know, just after our initial visits, they're sleeping in their own beds or, you know, now they're suddenly doing better in school. They're starting to open up their, you know, their whole lives have completely changed. Sometimes that's just after one visit. Wow. So it's, it's a, it's a pretty powerful thing. That's, and that's why I say that's, that's what keeps me going. I mean, you yeah. get that tickle, you know, inside the butterfly feeling. I get that every single visit. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've always said, if I lose that feeling, that's when I know it's time to step away. Yep. You agree with that? Oh, a hundred percent. It's a feeling that, that you can't even explain when, when you get to go up and, and you get to see how excited these kids are when you get your own family and, and you're just a couple patches and you really get to know these kids and, and what they're about and, and their likes and dislikes and, and everything and, and the empowerment that comes with that. It, it's, it is so rewarding. And, and like uncle Mikey said, sometimes I break down and, and you have to, you have to step away from it because you do, you, you become attached to a point that, you know, they kind of feel like your own kids and you want to protect them just like you do your own kids. And that's what it's all about. Bikers against child abuse. Absolutely. We're we're there to protect them, no matter what, no matter what it takes, we will protect them. You know what I mean? We're, we're not a vigilante group, you know, and you, you heard that, you know, in the original interview, (laughs) that's not who we are. That's, you know, we don't care about the bad guy. We care about what the kids are going through and what we can do to help them. Yeah. You know, so we encourage ther- therapy, I mean, to no end. That is so crucial for their recovery. It's just, you know, statistically, you know, 98% of all abusers were abused when they were children. So it's it's a cycle of abuse. And we're trying to break that cycle by, you know, encouraging them to go to therapy and and letting them get the help that they desperately need is, is the only way they're ever going to heal. You know, years and years ago, it used to be where where nobody ever talked about it. That's why it's become an epidemic now, because people just didn't get the help they needed. And now it's it's gotten where so many people are are hurting children and not even really understanding why. It's just a a need, a desire that they can't help. Or it's like you said, or it's how they were treated or it's all they know or it's because they're still hurting and so they're hurting it's, others it's, as well right? yeah, it's a psychological thing that it's somewhere in the back of their mind it's okay to do this even though they know it's wrong they cannot help themselves yeah wow so, that's great that these kids are getting help to hopefully stop that cycle and yes, they know they have you guys too and they can look to you as examples of cool guys that don't have to hurt people yeah we're there to protect them yeah, that's great. And I mean, we, we've gone so far as to do 24-hour surveillance, multiple days in a row where we never leave. You know, if the family feels threatened in any way, we will be there and, and we'll be there in force if necessary. Now, it's very, very rare anything ever happens because once the perpetrator finds out we're involved, they know better. They know better than to mess with us. I love so that. it's it's a very rare thing that there's ever any instances, but it does happen occasionally. And usually once they, they see that we're there, 
there's not much of a confrontation. <laughs> That's right. Like that how how many of you are usually roll up to like meet meet some of these kids? How many of you are there usually there? Well, our initial visit um, is done through our our child liaison. It's it, they're everything is contacted through them. Um, they'll do uh, like a pre visit where the child liaison and, and a, a few other people will go and visit the family. And what we try to do is, is enable the children. That's our, that's the bottom line of what we do is enable these children. So we're always asking them, is it okay if we do this? Is it okay if we do this? And we make sure that they understand what we're there for. And so, you know, we, we have denim vests that we, give them when we when we all write in as a chapter and we let them pick out their own road names so you know protects their anonymity and then they, we've got patches that are similar to our back patch that we put on the back of their vest so you know we let them pick that out so then when they're okay with us coming back usually during um you know it's usually a weekend thing we'll meet as a chapter and the whole chapter will ride to visit the family and we'll have two primary contacts that will do a presentation to their family. And so, again, what we're trying to do is enable them by letting them know, as bikers, we consider ourselves family. We're brothers and sisters. And we want to invite you to be part of our family so we can help protect you. See, and that's the whole beginnings of them allowing us to be part of their family and vice versa. So it's usually a, a pretty, a pretty easy thing to do. Um, and then, you know, the primaries will put their vests on, give them a, a guardian angel ride pin to put on and, and um, we'll do a group picture so they can, you know, show everybody this is my new family and if they want to, and then we'll, we'll take them for a cruise around the neighborhood just to kind of let everybody know they're, they're with us now. Wow. This is not, not anybody you mess with, though. It, it's, a, it's a pretty cool thing. Very cool. I love that. That's a great program you have going there. That's awesome. Well, good. Well, is there any other updates or anything that has changed over the last 20 years that you wanted to share with There's me? There's a lot that's changed, actually. <laughs> um, you know, like I mentioned, when, you know, when I showed up, we were able to go on a visit the very next day. Um, they didn't know us for anybody. We could have been pedophiles. They had no clue who we were. Okay. So in order to protect the families, um, our new people have to, you know, you have to have a, an NCIC background check and we do not allow them anywhere near our families until that check has been approved. Um, and then there's um, a pretty established training program that all, all new supporters have to go through before they're ever allowed to, you know, go visit families on their own. You have to be a past member. Um, and we always go in pairs. And that protects us and the family. Because, you know, a lot of these are, are single moms. Um, some of them are, you know, sometimes in desperate situations. So we have to protect ourselves as well as making sure we're protecting them. So we always go in pairs, but we'll we'll invite some of these supporters to go along with us so we can show them do's and don'ts when we when we visit families. And generally when we go back as primaries to do follow-up visits, they're just short visits. They're anywhere from 15 to you know half hour long. And it's just to let them know that we're still here. We go and, and we'll play with the kids. 
a lot of times the parents want to try and dominate your time by telling you everything going on in court and all this. And we have to very politely let them know, look, we're here for them. We're here to make sure they know that we're, we're doing what we say we're going to do. So, you know, I've had families where it's, it's, you know, three little girls, three little girls, they want to play Barbie dolls. So I've been on the floor and played Barbie dolls with, with little girls before, you know, that's what they want to do. That's what we do. I've had these braided, my hair braided, <laughs> and pigtails and ribbons and everything else. So that's it's whatever they want to do. That's a really good dancer. Do. Oh, you do dancing too, huh? <laughs> that's what they want to do. Uh, a lot of the boys want to play video games and I'm not very good at video games, but that's what they want to do. Then we do that. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, the training is, is a, a big thing and it's constantly changing. Um, it's, it's a lot more structured. Um, and it has to be because we're growing exponentially. I mean, like I said, when I started, there was two chapters. We're now in 48 States and I think 19 countries. So it's blown up in 25 years and it's just unbelievable. And, and I say it's a, it's a two-edged sword. It's so cool that we're growing that much, but it sucks that there's that much of a need. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. And we call it an, an epidemic because it's, there's no stopping it. There's no, I mean, it doesn't seem like we're even really making a dent sometimes. You know, you go to court and you're there for a specific family. But when you look at the court docket, and, you know, like you go uptown to Matheson Courthouse, and there's multiple courtrooms. Every single one of them has child abuse cases. Every one of them, sometimes multiple cases. Hmm. So, you know, it's it's kind of a hard thing to to deal with when you know we're only barely even scratching the surface right now. Right. So it's it's cool that we're growing that much to be able to to help more kids. Yeah, that's the way to look at it. It stinks that we have to help more kids, but it's great that we're available to help more kids. Exactly. So that's the only way you can look at it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, we've we've learned that we we have to I won't say rely, but we have to really work with other organizations pretty closely. You know, like I say, you know, therapeutic organizations. So, you know, maybe a family has no idea where to go. And we can make recommendations because we we've worked with certain organizations, um, you know, places like the CJCs. You know, sometimes these kids are scared to death to go in and do an initial interview with a, a detective, and knowing that we're outside, you know, hanging out for them sometimes helps them. You know, just simple things like that. So it's you know I I can't talk enough about the therapy. That's it is so important. I've, I've been fortunate to where I've been able to work with a lot of these agencies and get close to them and, and partner up with them. So I've, I've, you know, been able to help some of these families that way. That's great. That makes you feel like you're doing even more. And that's right. what's going to help the kids And there are times too. where, you know, these organizations, you know, realize maybe they need a little extra more than they can do. And they can say, hey, I know this great organization called BACA. You know, maybe you ought to give them a call and, and see if they can help you out. So it's it's a great partnership. Good. So that's yeah. that's one of the new things that's, you know, developed over the years. So I don't know. What else do you think, the guy, that's changed since you started? You know, I, I think our, our growth has been exponential. I love the dedication that we've had in, in still growing. Um, 
we have so many people that, that that's what they're they're dedicated for is is to help us grow and and to get into all 50 states and and that's one of our goals is to have chapters everywhere that we can help all these kids because like you said we're only in 48 of them right now but that means two states the kids that are are having problems there we we don't get to help them right now so our growth is huge our membership i it's unbelievable i mean i swear it doubles every time i i turn around we have more people and and a lot of it is is getting our name out there i mean we we started here in provo utah 25 years ago and being the the president down here it blows me away when we go to do these awarenesses when we go to the carnivals and different things to let people know who we are and how many people out there even just in Provo after 25 years still don't even know about Baca so it's it's great that that we can grow so much and and get our name out there that we can help more kids that way right I think that's great too. The more of you that there are, the more kids that you're available to help. I think that's great. Exactly. Well, and it's things like this, you know, what we're doing with you today, you know, we're trying to create awareness yeah. and let people know who we are and what we're trying to do, you know, so the word gets out. So, you know, with this pandemic right now, it's really weird. I mean, the calls haven't been coming in like they used to. Yeah. And I'm not really understanding it because it's statistically it should be way higher you know than the year before so i kind of have a bad feeling we're going to start getting flooded with calls as soon as i think as soon as the economy kind of turns around i i kind of went over some statistics yesterday unemployed families it's two times greater chance that children will be abused because of the stress that's involved with you know with parents that are struggling like that so just that that one alone lets me know, you know, because our unemployment rate's higher than it's ever been. So that alone says there's got to be things going on that aren't being reported right now. Right. And I remember them saying that a while ago is um, everybody was very concerned about children because they're not going out and going to friend's house or to school or to church. And so people aren't seeing them. Right. And yeah, so 80, 80% of all the reports that come in are done by professionals, you know, like teachers and lawyers and, you know, police and, you know, social workers. They're the ones that are doing the, the majority of the reporting because, you know, it is a law that if you, you know, you know of child abuse, you have to report it by law. So, yeah, and that, that's probably a big part of it as well. They're, they're just, just not seeing they're it. They're not getting out. Yeah, they're just not seeing so it. That's anymore. why I said I've, I've got this fear that it's going to explode soon mm. and we're going to be as busy as we've ever been. Oh yeah. my goodness. It's one of those things that is so catch 22. Like it's great exactly. that you're available and that you can, but at the same time, you don't want to. Right. It's terrible to have to. It's kind so. of been nice not having to, yeah. to, you know, I mean, it's been a year since we've seen families in our oh. chapter, you know, and I know they're out there. I know yeah. they're, they need us, but they're just, nobody's reached out. And there's nothing we can do about that. And then not really being able to do awarenesses to get our names out there. I mean, we'll, we've done a couple where we ride through parks and hand out, you know, our, our trifolds that we have that have all our information, but that's not enough, you know, 
So that's why any opportunity like this, it's, it's, it's a blessing for us. It really is. So thank you for this opportunity. It's, it's been great. Oh, good. Well, thank you for what you're doing. So thank you for protecting these kids and any, any awareness that we can get out there, the better. So hopefully I can even get, you know, if you have website information or something that I can post with this interview. Okay. Um, And then go on that and they can go, uh, you know, go into the different countries, click on a map, go into the state they want, and then literally find the local chapter. And then once they've clicked on that, it'll have all the information they need to make contacts. Great. That's, that's the best way to to reach out. Okay. And a family can do that. Or out and about, you know, come up and and talk to us. We get that a lot when we're, when we are able to be out. So. Yeah. And, and wave to you too, because we know you're out there doing good things. So that's awesome. But can a family do it themselves? Or does it have to be like a counselor or policeman or something to to get in touch with you guys? It needs or can to be it... a parent or guardian okay. that reaches out to us. Okay, that's great. Um, and then preferably we would like them to have a court case um, because then we know it's a legit thing because in the past we've had so many situations where uh, you know, parents are going through divorce and they think it'd be great if Baca was on my side. They want us to get into these battles and we can't do that. That's not our mission. So we have to kind of filter a little bit who we can and can't help. You know, unfortunately, until the laws change, bullying is not something we can cover right now. And it breaks my heart. We've had a couple of cases that I, in my heart, I felt like we should have helped them. But after a lot of discussions with higher ups and, and debates over it, it's it's just right now. If they've got a court case, we know it's legit. And 99.9% of the time we will get involved. It's all good from there. Okay. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Thank you for what you're doing. Was there any final thoughts or anything else that you wanted to make sure that we shared today? Uh, watch out for motorcycles on the road. Definitely. <laughs> right. Oh, it gets kind of scary sometimes. Yeah. You know, I've been, I've been a biker my whole life. My dad was a biker, so I've been around bikers my whole life and it gets pretty scary sometimes. That's a good tip. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. We need to remember to watch out for motorcyclists. Totally. I know that yeah, that's a big problem. We can't do our job if we're laid up in a hospital somewhere. That's for sure. sure. Yeah. We need you guys out there protecting the kids, not having to recover from people not noticing you. So that's a good point. Well, you guys are awesome. I love what you're doing. I love your mission. I love what you're accomplishing. I'm sorry at the same time, but I'm glad to know that you're there and appreciate your efforts to make these kids feel a little stronger and more empowered. So thank you for what you're doing. Well, thank you for this opportunity. I, I say this is, this is awesome that, you know, we're being able to get our word out and hopefully being, you know, somebody will hear that will need us. Yes. Yes. And to not be afraid to reach out to you because you guys are there Absolutely. to help. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know it's been 20 years, so I appreciate that you guys are still there. So cool. I mean, when you, when you first told me about that, I thought that was so cool because I, I still, Talk to Kurt once in a while. Wow. Dave moved out of state, so I haven't seen him for 20 years. But I, I still see Kurt once in a while. So I'll, I'll let him know about this. He'll yes. think that's pretty cool. I'm sure he'll remember it and think that was really cool. 
Yeah. I'm glad we could catch up even with the two different people. I think that's awesome that, you know, we can still catch up, still hear what the latest is. And so thank you for this update and what you're doing. So thanks. Well, you thank guys. you for the interest. Thank you. Yeah, totally. Okay. We'll be safe out there. Thank you. You're still here. We'll then click on the next episode to get more lemonade. One more day.